feel like I should introduce myself since I haven't been up here for so long. Uh, for those who are new, I uh, retired as the associate pastor here back in October. So, um, Pastor Brian uh, has uh, completed his uh, time here, uh, and we look forward to uh, still having fellowship with them and being able to be together. Uh, and our new interim senior pastor is going to be coming uh, beginning next week, and so uh, that's why I, I'm here this week. Um, and I, I would just uh, like to share with you today, um, we're going to be doing communion, and, and I'll be honest, my, my message today is going to be very basic and very simple, and it's because I want us to really focus upon what Christ did for us on that cross, and that's what we're going to be looking at today and, and talking about uh, as we go through. As we uh, saying here uh, about sin, we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. You know, I, uh, most of you know that I read through the Bible every year, and, and as I read, one of the things that jumps out at me, and, and recently I've been reading in some that, that really jumped out, uh, uh, but one of the things that jumps out is that even throughout the Bible, person after person after person falls short. They're sinners. They, break, you know, they mess up. And you could take that a couple of ways. I take it as, praise God, that I'm not different than they are. I'm a sinner who falls short. But God loves me anyway. And he loves you as well uh, as we go through that. Um, one, of the, one of the things that uh, when I'm reading and I see something like that or I connect with, with uh, something that I read in Scripture about being sinners, I'm so grateful for the Scripture that says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You notice it doesn't say, except for those who are religious or those who are whatever. It's all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all mess up. We all think things or do things that are sinful. And yet, in spite of that, God loves us. And he cares enough for us that he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as we go. But that message that he loved us in spite of our sinfulness is something that we can never overemphasize. It's something that we can never take for granted because it's amazing to think about. And for me, it's amazing to think that Jesus Christ, who in the book of John we read was in the beginning, in the beginning of the creation of the world, Jesus was there, which means Jesus is so much bigger than just a regular person. And yet he left that heaven and came here to this earth for you and for me. Can you get your head around that? I can't. I'll be honest. Every time I think about that, every time I read that in Scripture, it's like, I'm not worthy of God the Son leaving heaven and coming here and having to put up with the things that he did on my behalf. And I'm overwhelmed with that many times. And, 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 I, and I want, as I think about communion and as I think about the broken bread and the cup, which represents his blood, as I think about those things, I can't help but think about how difficult that must have been for Jesus. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, that as we, as we go along here. But I, I just uh, want us to maybe slow down in our thinking 
and really approach the, the bread and the cup today in a way that Jesus has asked us to do. And so I'm going to just lead us in a uh, brief word of prayer, and would you join me as we uh, talk to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much that in spite of who we are in our natural uh, being, that you loved us enough that you sent Jesus Christ to die on that cross for us. And Jesus, I, I, I'm overwhelmed with the, the thought that you left heaven to come here to be exposed to things that you had uh, never witnessed or felt or been a part of on our behalf and that you died on that cross and we rejoice for that day when you rose from the grave and you've given us that hope and promise of eternity with you because of that finished work on the cross so thank you lord and as we go through these scriptures as we talk about these things holy spirit i just pray that you would lead and guide and, and open our hearts and minds to receive what it is that you would have us to learn today we pray in jesus holy name amen so one of the, the things that um, Anne uh, knew what uh, I was going to be speaking on today, and so she came the other day and she had just uh, uh, read this from uh, Our Daily Bread, and I thought I would share it with you because it's uh, just kind of a, a neat thing. So uh, when Apollo 11's Eagle lunar module landed on the moon's sea, of tranquility on July 20th, 1969, the space travelers took time to recover from their flight before stepping onto the moon's surface. Astronaut Buzz Aldrin had received permission to bring bread and wine so he could take communion while he was on the moon. After reading scripture, he tasted the first foods ever consumed on the moon. Later he wrote, I poured the wine into the chalice our church had given me in the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup. I, uh, as I was reading that, I was kind of envisioning what, you know, you're pouring it in and it's kind of coming back up again. Um, uh, as Aldrin enjoyed the celestial communion, his actions proclaimed his belief in Christ's sacrifice on the cross and the guarantee of his second coming. The Apostle Paul encourages us to remember how Jesus sat with his disciples on the night he was betrayed. Christ compared his soon-to-be sacrificed body to the bread. He declared the wine as a symbol of the new covenant that secured our forgiveness and salvation through his blood shed on the cross. Whenever and wherever we take communion, we're proclaiming our trust in the reality of Jesus' sacrifice and our hope in his promised second coming. So no matter where we are, we can celebrate our faith in the one and only risen and returning Savior, Jesus Christ, with confidence. And I just thought that was uh, so cool that um, he took the bread and the cup to the moon with him and got off and came out and, and celebrated. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that really jumped out as me, at me as I thought about that is just think about how meaningful that must be for Buzz Aldrin, right? I mean, he could have just gone out there and taken all the glory for himself, like, oh, look at here, I'm walking on the moon, right? But instead, he gets off, and he, in a sense, glorifies God by partaking of the elements. And that's a big part of what we do when we gather here, is we celebrate uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. 
Well, the Word tells us that in spite of our sinfulness, in our natural self as sinners, in spite of that, uh, God loved us and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die upon that cross for us. And so when we come together for communion, we are doing something out of act of obedience and we're following one of the ordinances that are laid out for us in scripture. One is uh, baptism. We're told to be baptized once we become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we are to enter the waters of baptism and the other is to partake of the elements of communion. And the purpose of that is to remind us of the significance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here at Bethel, we have a lot of people, and some of you are visiting, and some of you are here with uh, family or friends, and maybe all do things differently when it, when it comes to, to partaking of communion. But here we believe that uh, very strongly and clearly that the uh, cup represents the blood of Jesus. The bread represents his body that was broken for us. He talks about that, and I'm going to read that here in a moment. But when we partake, we, we are to stop and slow down and think about what does this represent. You know, I, I find that sometimes, you know, when we do something at church or wherever it might be, if you're with a group and you're doing something, you can kind of like go through the motions, if you, if you get what I mean. You're just kind of like, well, this is what we always do. And um, scripture kind of tells us we shouldn't do that. We are to slow down. We are to think through what it is that we are doing and what is being represented. And so as we partake in a little while, that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I'm going to encourage you to kind of slow down, think about it. Don't just take the bread and, and, and consume it. and Don't just take the cup and drink it, but think about what it represents and, and what Jesus has told us about that because it, it is an important part of, of who we are. Um, the Gospels, uh, which are the biblical accounts of Jesus, um, we read that Jesus uh, is going to Jerusalem and that it's um, to celebrate the Passover. Well, if you remember what the Passover was all about, the Passover was that uh, the, the people uh, of Israel... Uh, the Israelites who were uh, in Egypt were, being, were slaves and they were being used in labor. And uh, they had been praying and, and crying out to God. They needed help. They needed to get out of there. And God uh, made a way for them to do that. And so he sends Moses, who was uh, uh, just a regular man, um, who had uh, God instilling in him to come forward and represent him in this way. And so Moses comes and he, and he uh, with the leading of, of God, he leads them out. But the Passover celebrates when they were together, uh, they were to put a, a mark over their entrance into their home, right? And so when the angel of death was coming to take those people away, the angel would pass over, pass by their doors. They wouldn't go in and do anything to them. And so uh, the, the Jews then forever after that would celebrate that and, and, and praise God through that and they would come together. Well, in, in this day that Jesus is coming, he's really bringing for us that blood over our doorframe of our lives 
and is saying, he is not going to pass over, he is going to draw us in and make us a part of his family and to give us eternal life through his finished work on that cross. So it's not surprising that, that when uh, Jesus was going there, it was the season of the Passover. In fact, it's, it's just a, a beautiful uh, picture of, of God uh, demonstrating his amazing grace and love uh, toward those people. So uh, as they were sitting at the table and they were eating, uh, Jesus is sitting there with them and he takes, uh, first of all, he takes the cup and he, and he pours some and he says, uh, you know, he, he passes it around and then he, he takes the bread and he breaks the bread and he says, this is my body which is broken for you. Now, at this point in time, you got to remember that they, his disciples, didn't really fully comprehend or understand what this was all about. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit had not come upon them. They didn't have the ability. So they're hearing this and you can kind of almost think like, what are you talking about? You know, I always kind of put myself in their position. It's kind of like, what do you mean this is your body which is broken for us? And then he takes the cup and he says, this cup is my blood which is poured out for you. And again, it's like, wait a minute, you're going to become a king. You're not going to be, you're not going to be shedding your blood. What, what are you talking about, Jesus? And, uh, and he, he tries to make it as clear as he can. But again, you have to remember that like us, they were human beings who had been told and taught something, but it was really above their ability to understand at that point. And so you can imagine how, how uh, difficult that would have been. So if you would uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 27, um, and, and we're going to look at... Um, Verses 37, uh, 27 to 31. Matthew 27. 27 to 31. So when Jesus is talking about his body being broken... Here's what he's talking about. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him in the, of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As he's talking to his disciples and he's telling them what's ahead, he knows what's going to happen in, in, that, in those verses. He's telling them before it happens. And yet, what does he do? He goes forward with it. Why? Because he loves you and me that much. When I read that and I, and I think about, you know, the, the crown of thorns being put on him and, and 
you know, you've got these thorns sticking down into your head, and I don't know if you've ever gone and, and reached for something in, 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 in a thorn bush area, and, you know, all you have to do is touch them, and those, those things will poke you, right? They pick you right into your, your hand or arm, and it, and it hurts. Can you imagine having a crown on your head and then having them take the rod that's in your hand and using that and hitting your head with that rod and pushing that thorn down into your skull more and more and more. Can you imagine that? Jesus knew it was coming. And yet he went forward with it. He knew it was ahead of him. When Jesus talks about his blood, it is much more than him dying. And it's worth us taking time periodically to examine that. The new covenant in his blood is represented as he's hanging on that cross, blood pouring from his head where the crown was, where he had been struck and hit, blood pouring from him, where his hands and feet were pierced, blood pouring from those. You can imagine the pain and discomfort of, of hanging there. And you know how a person who's hanging on a cross, when they're hanging like that, you know how they die? They die by suffocation because they can no longer hold themselves up and eventually they just kind of crunch down and, and they're not able to breathe. So he's, he's experiencing the pain of the piercings, but he's also experiencing the pain of not being able to breathe and trying to stand up and can't do it because it's so painful. So when we read about the covenant in his blood. We're reading and talking about something where he has shed that for you and for me. He did this for us. Do you ever, do you ever stop and think about that when you're, when you're partaking of communion? Do you ever stop and think about, wow, this bread represents the blood of God the Son, Jesus Christ, who died for me. When you take that cup, do you ever think about, this represents the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who shed his blood, allowed himself to be beaten and, and die on that cross for me. Does, does that ever cross your mind? I, I hope, and I think that's what Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand, and, and us as well as he's talking to them here and as he's working with them through this. He's trying to get them to understand the significance of these statements. This is my body, this is my blood. And it's real easy for us to just like, okay, that's one more thing we do. And we need to not get into that habit and to allow ourselves to go there. I'd like you to turn with me now to Luke 22. We're going to read verses 41 to 44. Let me set the stage here for you. So this is after uh, they had been together and they had you know, taken the bread and the cup and they had spent some time and Jesus had been teaching and, and he's telling them what's ahead and that sort of thing. And, and now they, they've gone off uh, to the Mount of Olives and uh, Jesus is going to spend some time in prayer. Okay, So I'm actually going to start at 39. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Okay, so he leaves them, kind of, you guys stay here and be praying. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to be praying as well. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Think about, think about what he's saying there, okay? He came from heaven for a purpose. What was that purpose? The purpose was to come and to die on that cross, be raised back to life again, and ascend into heaven. So why then would he be praying this prayer? It's significant. Because he does not want to have to go through what he was about to go through, and I'm not talking about his death here. I think Jesus knew that, hey, because again, think about he was there in the creation of the world. Now he's, he's going to go through something where within a short period of time he's going to die. For him, that would have been like, boom, it's done, I'm done, I'm gone. It's not a big deal in a lot of ways if you think about it, right? However, what is going to happen as he's hanging on that cross? What is it that he really does not want to experience. Turn again, or turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, let me just read this for us. 1 Peter chapter 2. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and to live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. What is that saying? It's saying that as Jesus was hanging on that cross, your sins and mine were being poured out upon him. He had never, ever sinned. He had never experienced sin. And our sins were being poured out upon him. So he's praying, God, I don't want to experience sin. Take that from me. But the reality is, he was willing to go and to do that. Because why? Because he loves us that much. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Isn't that an amazing thought that Jesus Christ, who had known no sin, he had never experienced sin, He's out there praying, and, and in the scripture it talks about his sweat was like drops with blood mixed with it. He was that much in anguish. Anguish. He's out there and he's praying, Father, if it's your will, let me not have to go through this. Even though I came here for that purpose, please help me to not have to go through this. But, that last part, not my will, but yours be done. He was willing to do whatever it would take to bring you and to bring me our salvation, that we would have that eternal hope that is beyond anything we could do. And he did it for us when? What was the first thing we talked about? While we were yet sinners. What is a sinner? It's an enemy of God. But God so loved us that Jesus came and he died on that cross on our behalf. 
So when we partake here in a little while of the bread and the cup, I want you to take a, a few moments to just kind of think about what it is that that bread represents. The bread is going to represent the broken body of Jesus Christ. And when I think of broken body, I think about him being struck and whipped and beaten, the crown of thorns pushed down into his skull, uh, spit upon, God being spit upon. Think about that one. And, and just all kinds of horrible things happening to his physical body. And so when he's, when he's asking them and, and asking us to partake of these elements and to remember these things, right? That's what he says, remember these things. He's saying to us, remember what it was like when I was beaten and died for you. And so don't just get your bread and take it and like, okay, I'm, you know, now I've done my thing, I've, I've done communion here today. Think about it. Take some time. Consider what it is that Jesus has done for us. I'll be honest with you. There, there are times when, when I'm reading Scripture and I come to these verses like this and I'm, I'm like, literally overwhelmed, even though I've read them many, many times. I know most of you have read them many, many times. There's times when I get there and I'm just like overwhelmed. Why me? Why would he die? Why would he go through all of this for me? I don't deserve it. I'm not even close to what I should be. But again, then I go back to, but God so loved the world that he it means he loved me, and he loved you guys, every one of you. He loved you enough that he would do this for you. And so we need to think about those things. Let me just take a moment, um, and let's read um, the next uh, slide, okay, from Isaiah. And, and as you look at at this, you know, um, I want you to read along with me if you would. I think it would be great. But so from Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. What are we healed from? We are healed from the consequence of our sin that we deserve, which is eternal separation from God. Praise the Lord that Jesus loved us that much, that God loved us so much that he would send his son Jesus Christ to die on that cross. I can't, like I said, I, I'm overwhelmed by that every time I read it, every time I think about it. I love when we do communion, but I always want to make sure that I have the right attitude, and I'm going to ask you as we pass the elements here shortly and men if you would uh, come up if you're going to be serving if you would come up and and uh, begin passing the elements but I want us to take the time to consider what it is that we're doing what what is the significance of that bread what is the significance of that cup and the significance is that we have a savior who died on that cross for us can I take one? Thank you.
So gentlemen, if you would pass uh, the elements and then uh, I'll, uh, when everybody has theirs, I'll lead us in a word of prayer uh, for the bread and the cup. Um, and as they're being passed, just kind of reflect back on, uh, on your life and on your recent uh, things that maybe you've been through and some of the, the things and uh, maybe a thought that you had or a, a contact you had with somebody and maybe a, a difficult situation that you've experienced. How did you handle that? Did you try to glorify God through that? Did you remember uh, maybe when you were being uh, verbally attacked or, or having something coming at you, did, did you remember that what Christ went through was far worse than anything you're going through? I have to remind myself of that sometimes as, as I come under attack from somebody or something, that Jesus went through something far worse than that, and yet he did it willingly on my behalf. Do you ever think about those things? Do you ever stop and say, why would Jesus do that for me? Now, some of you are, are very wonderful, great people. But as I read Scripture, it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I think that it means all of us. Every one of us. And if God loved us that much, then... I need to take time as I partake of these elements and say, wow, thank you, Jesus, for allowing your body to be broken for me. And as you do this, remember, this is you taking it and reminding yourself that this is what he did for you as an individual. He did it for all of us, but all of us includes each and every individual who is here. And so when we get the servers up front here, uh, you can uh, put, put the elements up in the front and you can take your seat and then I'll, I'll lead us to a uh, word of prayer for the, each of these elements. And thank you, uh, men, for serving. And... Uh, we have two wonderful young ladies who come every month and prepare these and get things ready for us. And it's uh, such a blessing to be able to know that it's all been taken care of. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take the bread. And they're double stacked here, so you just take the, the bread that's underneath and you take it out. And as uh, I'm going to pray for us in a moment about this, but what I'd like you to do is just take a moment and reflect back on God's word and what he says about what Jesus did for us. And so as you partake of the bread, remember what his, his broken body represents. It was done for you and for me to bring us salvation, that we can spend eternity with him in God's heaven. Reflect on that for a moment. Is there anything you need to get right with God? Is there anything you need to get right with somebody else that you know that you need to talk to that person and make things right? If there is, then I would ask you to make a commitment to God that you will do that. Not just to, to think about it, but 
to make a commitment that you're going to do that. Take a moment to do those things, and then I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Lord God, I'm just immensely grateful for the amazing grace that is demonstrated for us by you loving us in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of who we were. That you loved us enough, God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die upon that cross for me and for everyone here. And Jesus, it's overwhelming to think that you would leave heaven to come here. To have your body broken and bruised and, and, and pierced and in and, and such painful agony. And yet you did that out of your amazing love and grace. Lord, as we take this bread, we remember your broken body that was broken for us. Take and eat all of it. And of course we have the cup, and the cup is the blood of Jesus. And, and as I read from Peter, you think about that, he's up there, his blood is pouring out of his body, right? Right? I don't want to gross you out, but in my law enforcement days, I saw a lot of times where people's blood was pouring out of them. It's not a pleasant sight. It's not a pleasant thing. And we can read over that and, and almost like, ah, oh, well, he was just dying. No, he was dying for your sins and mine. As he's dying on that cross, our sins, according to what Peter says, our sins were poured out upon him. Okay? He who knew no sin all of a sudden is experiencing our sin just coming down upon him. And so when we, when we take of the cup and we remember the blood, we remember that as he's bleeding to death, his blood is being poured out and he had said, take this in remembrance of me. And so as we partake of the cup... We're doing it in remembrance of his blood that was shared for us. Drink ye all of it. Lord God, we're mindful of the fact that when we leave here, we are going to go out into a world that, first of all, doesn't understand, and into a world that is set upon continuing in their sinful ways and would love nothing, nothing more than to push us aside and destroy us who are believers. And we yet we know, and that's the beauty of your word, God, that we know that in the end you win. We know, Jesus, that you will come back for us if we're here in this world or if we're in the ground or wherever we are at that time. You have promised. Your word is true. We know it's true. We know you will come back for us. And we rejoice and celebrate in the fact that in the end, you win and we will have eternal life 
spent with you in heaven because of your finished work on that cross. Help us to never take that for granted, but always live our life in a way that demonstrates and models the fact that we know that's true and that we can't ever take it lightly because it is a significant eternal promise that only you can fulfill. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.